0: Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? And you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the map with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Gustavo Dantas.
1: Welcome to Episode 49. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Scott Schultz. Scott is a former professional football player, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and the owner of Schultz Consulting Group, Inc. He shared a few concepts that he learned from his football coaches during his career, and he also mentioned that in different moments of his life, the decision-making of learning new skills and acquiring new knowledge was the game-changer fact in his life, which inspired me to title this episode, Educate Yourself. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I expand on the topic, educate yourself. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. Is www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Scott Schultz. Scott is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu under AJ Scales in Canada. Scott received a scholarship to play football at the University of North Dakota, where he was named to the All-American Team. He earned his degree in communications. At the conclusion of his college career, he was drafted first overall by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Upon retirement from professional football in 2009, Scott purchased an insurance brokerage company and became its president and CEO. Over the next five years, the company doubled in size. In, two, in December 2015, he merged his company with Knight Archer Insurance, and Scott took on the new position of Executive Vice President of Business Development, becoming Saskatchewan's largest property and casualty insurance company. In 2019, Scott transitioned to the role of Executive Vice President of Corporate Service. They currently have 170 employees with 15 locations in three provinces in Canada, boasting over $200 million in gross annual sales. Scott, welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, we have uh, your teacher is a personal friend of mine, AJ. That's how we got the connection. Matter of fact, for the listeners who don't know, AJ was here, episode twenty-three, titled "Think Big, Act Small." Great episode for the listeners. Who want to check it out? So, tell us how Jiu-Jitsu show up in your life.
2: Well, you know, uh, I've old sports with football and the like, and uh, in high school I, I wrestled as well, but not to wrestle for the, for pure grappling. It was always, you know, for uh, to get better at football, to get better at sport, and you know, once I had children. I wanted my son to be a wrestler and, uh, around here, uh, in Regina, there was uh, a very, uh, youth wrestling program. So we looked all around and the only thing that was close was jujitsu. And so I went to, uh, I went and investigated and of course, for me, I always do a lot of research and I've always, you know, had a, a good opportunity to, to, get into contact with high level And, you know, once you start looking into AJ, it's quite amazing his path the people who have grown and so we chose AJ's school and then my whole family has has been involved ever since and that was uh, I think 2014 is when we started our our odyssey with jiu-jitsu.
1: Great and in this uh, fairly short but uh, we went 2019 now got involved 2014. How do you feel jiu-jitsu relate to life? What's some of the lessons that you learned from jiu-jitsu so far?
2: Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the truth to me. Because, you know, you might not I look a little little heavier set and chubby in, in my retirement days, but you know, when I played football, I was six foot two and a half, 330 pounds, uh, 310 pounds, 330 pounds. You know, I played for a decade and you think you're pretty badass, you think you're physical, you're strong, and, and you're moving people around. And You know, once I got into jujitsu, like once I started to see my kids and how amazing it was. And then, of course, you know, I wanted to to do it because I was missing in my life, you know, having retired from pro sport. So (laughs) my first experience was, you know, at me being 350, way out of shape, retired from football, getting onto the mat and then, you know, easing into it and having AJ work me out and work into a class and then have my ass handed to me. By a hundred you know sixty-five pound uh, man, that was three, four, five years older than me. It blew my it blew my mind like I could not believe it. And I you know I'd seen my kids do it and I saw how special it was. But when you feel it for the first time yourself, you, there's two reactions: either you run, <laughs> or you sit down and you scratch your head and you and you try to postulate how you can not allow that to happen to you again. And then that's the that has been the, the struggle ever since.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And one of the questions that I have with people here, especially when I interview entrepreneurs, is when did it have the spark to pursue their vision? However, with you, as you were talking previous to the, the interview, is that you lived your dream, you played pro sports and it did for a long time. So it's not about when you'd have the spark, it's more how was that transition from okay, I'm retired. And what am I going to do with my free time? And it's the whole thing. It's not just income, but it's just from your right. sanity too. What am I going to do?
2: Right. Well, the thing is, 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 you know, I was always a big kid. Um, and you know, sport was difficult. You know, my dad put me in the traditional North American sports did hockey. I played baseball and soccer and all that stuff. And none of it clicked. And quite honestly, because I was a big kid, like when I was, when I was, uh, Growing up, uh, you know, I was at least, you know, I if I was five, I looked like I was seven or eight. And when I was seven or eight, I looked like I was thirteen. But I was thirteen, I was when I was thirteen years, I was six foot two and 185 pounds, like a full grown man size. So and I always had trouble, you know, uh balancing that. And and my parents actually got me into karate when I was seven. And in fact, karate it was my major sport all the way up into football. And uh and and so, you know, for me, you know it, 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 oh Jesus, Gustavo, sorry. <laughs> I lost my place. No. What, what are we talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about how was that a transition from when oh. you football because we talk, you know, as far as yeah. when people have the spark to pursue entrepreneurship, yours was the other way around, you know? Right,
2: right, right. So the difference, like like so so football drew, drove that, and then it was this idea of okay, well you can play this sport uh, and, and get an education. That was the trade off. And once I learned that, I drove. I uh, mean, because it wasn't football. It wasn't playing professional. It was, you know, when I was looking at going to school, it was either like man, you're gonna either go be a fireman, or you go to school uh, on a scholarship because my family couldn't afford to send me to university. And so to get that scholarship was, it was everything. And then, so things football wise that allowed me to live that dream. But one of the things that stuck with me the whole time was education because the trade off was you get to go to play football on scholarship. um, But if you didn't have the grades at a minimum level to get in or to, to, to maintain those grades, they would kick you out of school. And so this, this idea of there was a connection between learning and doing the thing that I loved. And so it was a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting prospect Got further along with football. And uh, now all of a sudden you're in the pros. And I I did play in the NFL for two years so back and forth with the San Diego Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's where the big money was, the million dollar contracts and all that stuff. But I was a guy that wasn't a star and I had my tryouts and uh, I played in eight, over over the two years in the preseason, and when I got cut, uh, I was still the number one draft pick in Canada, and I could always go back to Canada and play. And that's what I ended up. But a very important thing happened: realizing that, okay, so in Canada, you know, a defensive lineman like I played might make, let's just say, you know, hundred thousand dollars, or you know, 150000 100, you know, fifty maybe, depending, right? Well, in the NFL, they're making millions and millions. So it's still a, uh, it was still a good. You know, you're playing a game, getting paid very well. You have a great life in, in, in your home country and in my hometown where I grew up. But when I got cut from the NFL, I realized at 23 years old, like, man, the, the allure and the money will not be there, but the education is. And I started thinking 23 years old, even though I played for another nine years, I started thinking. I have to figure out a way to transition out of football and into normal life. I think a lot of that was, you know, instilled in me with my parents. It was never about, you know, it was just follow what you like to do. Follow what what interests you it was football, and it just so happened I was able to take that to 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 a high high level. But to the to realize that you know you, you're going to need to support yourself, you, you know. You know, I don't know anyone who, who retires on you know that that kind of uh, uh, of, of money, right? So, I, so it took me seven years while playing, working in the off season, training, but but also taking jobs. I started selling mortgages for banks. I, uh, I then got interested into insurance and then the whole educational process that that took to be able to have a license to sell sell that. And then by the time, you know, I, I we had won a championship in the league that I played in. And the time after that, it, everything kind of started coming together, the seven years of the hard work in the off seasons. And I retired early. I retired at the age of 31. And I retired to be to become the president of schultz Ghetto Insurance. So we bought a, an, insur- an insurance brokerage in Regina, Saskatchewan. And it was, you know, I could have played probably another three or four years. And, and people were kind of shocked when I retired. But it's really about the lifelong process. It's it's it- football is great and man, I got to do it, but you know, like my body's broken. I mean, I'm sure you can attest to that with your years in, in, in competitive Jiu-Jitsu and competitive jujitsu and, and, all of the training that you've done, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that. But, yet, but that said, there, there's, there's a point of diminishing returns. If, if I were to play out to the end, you know, if I would, would have played till I was 30, 36 and you know, you can, you know, then now you're in real trouble with your body, barely being able to walk and those kinds of things. So for me, it was always working on this. How can you, how, it's almost how can you get out of this? How can you get out of your plan? How can you get out of your dream? Because you realize that that dream it will change. you know, your vision, you know, business people, young folks, your vision will your vision will change um, throughout your life. I mean, what you thought was your goal and once you achieve it or come close to it, it could change. It, it could it could morph into something else. And to me, that's kind of the interesting part of life that I'm in right now because I'm coming to that precipice again with my, uh, with night archer insurance. Uh, I'm the, I'm an owner there, uh, but I have accepted a, uh, a, a lucrative buyout. <laughs> so I'm going to be one years old here on Friday out of work. Uh, probably could retire, but as you know, uh, there's a lot of life to live at 41. What is the guy going to do? So I have to figure this out in the next coming months.
1: Great. And now, I always mention to you during the transition, how was the mindset? So the question that I have to you is, as far as mindset goes, what's some of the mindset that you learned from the work ethic from football, from all your years of since kid, you know, the work ethic, everything, what did you transfer from football? How was the mindset to business?
2: you know, Gustavo, this is a great question. Um, I, I do speeches. I, I'll go talk at sports dinners and, and that kind of, stuff. uh, I've done some, some corporate talks and a lot of, of it is on, you know, what do people ask or they want to know about the mindset or they want to know, they want to know, you know, how, you know, how do you do it or, or, or what are the tricks? And I, you know, as a person that's hungry for knowledge and you want success and you're always looking to improve yourself. I am that guy. I've looked at the gurus. I've looked at, you know, the, these inspirational speakers. I'm a huge fan of guys like Jocko Willink and, and, and uh, you know, that Evie seal mindset. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of guys like um, uh, Tim Ferriss and, and his outside of the box approach to thinking. Um, but what I've, but what I've realized is you got to find what works for you and there's no substitution for hard work. You, you even harkens back to when I was coming up, you know, even in high school, when you're lifting weights before football, you know, who were the guys that you looked up? It was the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. It was the guys in the bodybuilding. And, it, it, and of course, we all know as adults that those guys, you know, use sports uh, performance enhancing drugs and all the rest of it, but there is no substitute for hard work. And then it, You know, I think this concept of just working hard, being focused and continually moving forward is one thing, but a lot of people, sometimes you can do a lot of work in the wrong direction. So those are things that you need to take into consideration, but specifically to your question about what about football, I learned this, I learned uh, the two major things that I can think of that I come away from, from, from 20, 25 years in football, all the way from high school, all the way up was, you know, number one. I didn't learn this until 2007 from my, from the head coach when we won a championship in the CFL, the great cup championship. And it's a championship that has been going on for a hundred years. It's a, it's a, it's a long running, uh, hugely decorated and, and historical championship in our sport. I didn't learn this until I learned from coaching and, and he, what he said, his name was Kent Austin. And he was, he, he preached this idea of compartmentalization being a hundred percent in the moment that's in front of you. So when you're at practice, you're a hundred percent compartmentalized. You're thinking nothing but practice. You're not talking about girls, talking about family, an argument you had with your wife or your girlfriend, or your you know, your the kids threw your, your keys in the toilet. You're focusing on football and 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 working on this compartmentalizing on, 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 and when it's time to be with the family, it's time to be with the family. You're a hundred percent in over there. You're a hundred percent in, you're not thinking about football. Now you are focused on the family. Now it sounds simple to say, but it is very difficult in practice. Yep. And I am by no means, uh, I am by no means an expert at it. Um, but concept of, of, of just com- putting things into their own little boxes and, and being able to focus on them one at a time, because If you try to do, you know, everyone knows if you spread yourself too thin and you try to do too much at once, nothing gets done. And if you, if you're, but if you can get hyper-focused and have a good plan, things start, things start adding up one after the other. And that's one of the things that we would say in football. I don't know how much you know about the sport of football. I mean, maybe soccer, right? But
1: I Uh, I, I don't watch as much, but I used (laughs) used to watch a lot of American football. Yeah
2: but what we would say Gustavo is let's stack them up one one play at a time right let's have one good play so we shut them down on defense let's get another play boom now they're kicking we're off the field let's stack them up. you start stacking up good things one on top of the other and it starts to spiral you get this momentum and i you know so, so 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 that's one of the things um you know that's one of the things that i've learned the other one of the other big things from football so getting back to your question that i've learned is um and this is from a coach that I, I cannot stand. I disliked this coach. (laughs) I didn't, I disagreed with a lot of his, 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 his coaching. I disagreed with a lot of his thought process, but I can give him and it bothers me because it sticks in my head and and it's ingrained in my head. And it's true. Uh, He had this concept of you learn best by teaching and no matter what, no matter what I could say about his actual ideas and what he thought about that concept, you learn best by teaching. I I hold very true and and dear to to my success because the more and more that, that, that you can do it. And and if you can teach to somebody, that that's how they're going to learn it for the first time. And that's, and it it reinforces in your own DNA, the the concepts. Right. And, and I think that's very, very uh, clear in jujitsu. I mean, there's, there's no, that I'm aware of uh, as a lowly blue belt, but there, you know, where's the textbooks, where's the diagrams. Well, it's all personal. One-on-one teaching. Yeah. I can learn from a white belt. I can learn from all the way up, you know, and, and, and it's, it's that relationship of you learn best by teaching and time AJ shows a technique. It reinforces that in his own jujitsu expertise and, and that, that is then passed on to the students. Um, and, and that happens at every single level that I can tell. And, and I, so I tell my kids, you know, be helpful, you know, uh, you learn best by teaching, help your brother, help your sister, Uh, you know, show them what to do, talk through it. And, you know, it's not perfect as you know, as brothers and sisters go, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it gets a little dicey around here, but, but it's a concept that uh, I, I certainly, certainly hold true.
1: So, yeah, I agree with both. And especially the, I'm actually reading right now the book, I've uh, been working on the power of now, and I'm finishing my Portuguese version right now. I'm about to start the English version, so it's pretty cool that I don't get to practice with both. Awesome. You know, uh, when I I read, I try to really research on the book, so it talks a lot about this, of the the focus on the now, and I love it because he mentioned something that I've been working on for a while. When he emphasized a lot that a time, uh, especially in people with business, you know, sometimes they they struggle with the focus on now, and in the book you say time is an illusion. Some people get stuck living in the past. Oh, the good old days. Oh my God. And then some yep. with the sometimes depression. Some people just stuck living in in the future and with anxiety. What's going to happen? Oh, All in this. Of course, we're going to plan. We're going to look ahead, but we're not going to live there. And just right. focus on now. And actually it was interesting yesterday I was having a conversation I teach once a week at night to the fundamentals class and because I was having a conversation with a student on Saturday and I asked the class how many people said be honest feel that you are frustrated with your progress and some people start slow like go ahead there's nothing wrong with that you know just just raise your sure, hand sure. so a, a lot of people raise their hand and I was and I mentioned to them Cause I made a post about a month to then in our closed group about, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Sullivan from, from Canada, strategic coach. So absolutely, he, he has the concept of the, the, the gain and the gap and saying that very often, yep. especially with people who are trained out there, especially for all the listeners, if you're starting your jujitsu journey, when you start to train, if you think about your first day, it was a disaster right or like what is going on <laughs> yes. you know you're not a yes. phenom that suddenly you just jump in a mat and you're doing all kinds of things to everyone it's a disaster so let's say push to six months right. after that and then what happened in the six months people start to look into the ideal the horizon the ideal is what like me flowing like a black belt and world class and doing all of that and and see people doing better when they start to compare themselves with that, them and keep staring at it. And that's the that's what it called the, the gap. People just comparing themselves to, right. to the ideal. And I said, you're going to keep doing this. You're going to keep chasing happiness for the rest of your life. And you're not going to get any fulfillment. Right. You need to compare yourself, the gain, backward from where you started to where you're at right now. Definitely in six months, you're way better than the, the first one. But people forget like all what they accomplish, even in their business and in so many things. So yeah. I, was, I was telling them, dude, just focus on now because exactly the time and illusion of you like, oh, when I get to that day when I'm a black belt right now, just just really stop to appreciate how much you learned so far. And then trying to compare because next thing. You don't have, you know, the car that, you know, the, the neighbor has a better ride and then the the other house, oh, but this house is not that one. It's just focus on the now.
2: Once you achieve something or, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. A lot of people forget just how hard it was to where they are now. And they're always looking to the future and think, I want this or that or the other. But if you focus on, 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 on those things in the, in what you can control in the meantime, right now, those are the things that when you look back, that's what got you to where you were. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very difficult for people to stop and take a step back and realize that like, uh, it is so important to be able to, to focus on what you're doing right now and not trying to live in one direction or the other.
1: Yeah, and the second point you said you learn best by teaching. I agree 100% because I have mentioned this maybe a couple episodes ago, but when I moved to Arizona in 2000, first month we had 11 students and uh, most white belts, a few collar belts, but yeah, the the level wasn't high at all. And of course, it's 20 years ago and just came fresh from Brazil training with a, the best generation of União you know, ever had. Having classes yep. with Andre Pernera, so I came from a, like a really good structure. So when uh, I start training with them at first, uh, it was like any move that I did, it work. I don't need to put any combinations or anything. I'll do a sweep. That's it. I, yeah. I can get away with whatever I want. But as far uh, I, as long as I just I just kept like I would show them, and then I'm show them like, hey, how you stop this. And then little by little in a year or two, they and then it's pattern recognition, right you get caught so so much in one move like okay, I got it that one's coming so they start to right you uh, stop my move and then I'll get around and figure out another variation and then I'll show them how to kill the variation I'll come with something else so all that and I always say I'm vocal about that because I mean for the past twenty years, not like I have a teacher you know i'm I'm here and I'm st- uh, now I don't study jujitsu anymore, but I used to be obsessed with studying back then with VHS and all that kind of stuff from, from tournaments yeah. to learn different things. But my students really helped me to get me to another level because I was passing the stuff to them, learning how to stop that. So I had to figure out another way. Next thing I'm doing three, four combos <laughs> that I, I would not be able to do in the beginning. I don't have to do with the, um just back in, back in Brazil. And then that started to build my confidence back up. Cause the beginning that make my confidence to sink. I'm like, dude, how I'm going to prepare myself, right. you know? So that really affect me uh, back then, which I could have, but it's just the emotional state that I was at back then. I just didn't think that I, that I could, to be honest with the, the material right. that I have that I had at that moment. But as they started improving, like I felt like, oh, wow, you know, like I'm really building some some really special here with a good level. And now we have a, a solid team. We will have a very good, uh, even people that don't compete, but they're like, so, or have competed before, but solid people with really good knowledge. And that's the thing that I brag the most about um, my team in Arizona is the quality of training partners. You know, there's a lot of people that they always right. helping each other county no one's hiding moves from anybody and that pushed them to uh (laughs) to get better so it's great now what would you say so far after you left football got into the the business world what did you say some of the worst entrepreneurial uh struggles that you have faced and what did you learn from it
2: uh you know so just a little background so I, I bought a, a silent partner. It was a, a friend. We bought uh, an insurance brokerage, and so we represent a bunch of insurance companies, and we broker those products and services to to the to the user, the, to the client. Someone you know it could be home insurance. It could be all of these things: home, car, auto, business, farm, all those things, industrial. And in where I was from, no one, no private business had bought a brokerage in the past 20 years and it had all been banks or insurance, big insurance company consolidators. So me and my friend, uh, my partner, we were the first private businessman to buy a brokerage in in our province in about 20 years. So that was a big deal. Um, And it was a medium sized brokerage. We started out doing about three and a half million bills. And within five years, we doubled that. Now the problem, the biggest problem was disruption from technology. And you're looking at an industry. Um, you know, I'm in Saskatchewan, uh, it's a province in Canada. It would be closely comparable to for for the people who are in the United States. It would be a pro it would be a state like Minnesota, North Dakota, Montana, right? It's it's rural, it's small, our population is 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 just over a million people total in a province that is the land is three times the size of texas okay it's 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 huge and so what so we were a bit behind the curve on technology so it wasn't like you know we're a little slow to adapt in, in saskatchewan it's just like some of these other states are but what was happening in in in, in major provinces or states was this technology was disrupting big companies were employing millions and millions of dollars that I couldn't spend on internet sales, on development, on algorithm development, on, on how to, how to deliver this service digitally to the, to the, to the uh, customer. So that this was a struggle because I, I had trouble just getting a website together and, 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 and making sure that we're providing a good service. I mean, we started out with 13 employees, you know, uh, and, and servicing kind of like, a a large neighborhood in a in a in a in in our capital city so the disruption from technology which to me they had been talking about this for years and years and then you would see the the average brokerage owner was not 31 32 years old like me they were 57 to 65 so they're all like ah who cares if it happens you know i had a long run well i was you know they had built their businesses from zero up to big sizes and have never had debt. Much, You know, you buy a building, that's that I had to come up with and raise funds. So I'm coming in with millions of dollars of debt to buy into this brokerage. And now I've, now I'm faced with this disruption from the technology. So all these things were very difficult. So then I immediately started reaching out to, to other brokerages and we should team up, we should merge, we should, we should consolidate, you know, our size will, uh, will enable us to do better business, just like the big guys. And, and, you know, that I was on that route for three or four years, and it finally came to tr- fruition with Knight Archer Insurance, who, which was a family, um, a family business that grew to be, you know, third or fourth largest in the province. But with me bringing my assets and, and my uh, intellectual capital, to the table, we we merged in 2015, and we became the largest brokerage uh, in 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 our entire province slash state, and a major com- a competitor in, in the country. So, well, in the west, anyways, the western part of the country. Um, but even at that, the technology disruption is still a challenge, and and we spend a lot of money on on research and development, and so we're, we're we're advancing, but not as fast or as quickly as you know, say, some of these national or international insurance um, companies that can funnel millions and millions of dollars into their development of tech. So technology has been the biggest challenge in in how uh, how we do business.
1: So would you say that? <clears throat> how can I say? Would you say that the 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 lesson was more like? to be always aware of what's going on with the changes and try to adapt as fast as possible. That's the way to say.
2: Yeah. I mean, because I, listen, I, I've seen a lot of guys that they didn't believe that they don't believe the threat or they don't believe. And, and, and it just, it's not like it's going to turn our lights out tomorrow Gustavo. To mm-hmm. but it's just, it's that, you know, they gain an inch and then they yeah. gain another inch and, 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 and it's, it's that slow methodical progress. That they, they're okay with where you got, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm a Gen Xer, but you got these people that we all want everything our parents had because they're successful 55, 65 years old and look good, but that took a lifetime to build. And us younger people, we think that you're going to get it like this. So for me, the, the, the learning of the lesson was, it, it's really about decision-making. It was, you know, I, I identified the threat or risk. And it was two decisions i could go it alone and uh but i realized and there's nothing wrong with going it alone because there are some people out there that are hyper um are hyper talented or have developed something that if you go it alone boom your google your amazon your facebook your twitter your instagram they went it alone and then built it out i realized that and there's nothing wrong with being honest and recognizing that you know, I'm a hard worker. I hustle, but I really don't have a, you know, anything game-changing. So I had to decide: go it your own and deal with it, and likely, you know, and, and wrestle with the 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 process, of possibly failing, or uh, identify uh, partnerships or 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 you know, shift shifting your 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 idea set to maneuver forward. And that's what I that's what I did. I I, I you know. If you can't beat them, join them. I joined them.
1: Yeah, and I feel, and the the way I look too, it comes back to the beginning of the interview when you mentioned about your education. But because we stopped we start thinking about during your career of getting what kind of knowledge you're gonna get for the future. And then when you when this technology disruptor happened, you had to go after education. People who know about that, you had to be more knowledgeable, even though. Maybe some of the stuff you're not personally you're going to be doing because said it's not some of your strength. And I agree 100% with you to focus on your strength. But you did go after people who had the education to deal with this technol- technology, this rupture. So in, in my view, I see of that of like the decision making and the decision making of consistently educating yourself in the process of what is going on with oh. in the industry. You know, yep. and I think what some people get get stubborn. They do, and I was now I was talking with someone about um, I was talking with someone yesterday about even with martial arts schools. Some people think that now is just you rent a place you throw some mats and we'll have a school. Absolutely. We'll have a school. It doesn't mean that as a profitable business that you're not going to, you know, that you're going to be, I'm not saying making millions, but you're like, Hey, I'm comfortable. I can take care of my family. I don't have right. to you know. But when you see like, man, things are evolving. If you're, if you don't get some education on online marketing, how we're going to promote, it doesn't matter how many championships you won If you don't know how to do proper digital marketing, you're going to struggle to find people at the door and sometimes people are doing boosting posts on Facebook and they think they are doing marketing that helps a little bit, but some of them, it's just not that it goes deeper than that. Now, some people either they, which I personally did, I got involved with my mastermind groups and so forth. And it's not by accident that my, my business start, uh, actually growing because i'm looking for education i'm like i'm surrounded by other business people that have better you know bigger business in mind and be like they must be doing something right and then i'll listen to them like oh this i don't like oh i like that one and sometimes people think oh it's too expensive with this and that like man if you do want to take your business to another level you better find some education because it's not just magically people just gonna start coming to the door you know so uh, the way i see it is definitely the 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 decision making of educating yourself or at least hooking up with people that are uh, more or even more educated than you and a specific topic that you're trying to improve
2: exactly i mean and that you know and you know we're talking about this but you know i i, I don't want to keep bringing my good friend aj back into this but you can totally see and we've had we've had many talks of, um you know yours and his relationship and and the development that's been going there and you can see like even from when i got with aj at 2014 to now, it's 5 years and things have changed massively there and it's methodical uh, it's 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 thoughtful and it's just advancing he's advancing and adva- and and that's, that works for everybody it's just you got to be ready to play along.
1: Yeah. And I, what I like about AJ when we chit chat and just kind of talk about business and stuff is because he's kind of like me in a way of like squirrel and just get, you know, can lose focus easy because you want to do all kinds of projects and stuff at the same time. So I'm kind of like right. that. So I've been getting better at eliminating some of the, the stuff over the years. You know, I start a venture here, there, there. And just part of m- my growth as an entrepreneur is just understanding better at the uh or the priorities and stuff so i do my best to share with him too and and i'm excited when i see him doing and i see him getting uh, with his events so we right. got very similar business because have the school and the events and that's what he does too in canada so we always uh get this so he's always looking for education as well and and that makes a difference man and this is for everyone who listen right now and say gustavo I'd love to get education, but I'm broke. I don't have any money. Dude, education doesn't mean you have to go to college. There's tons exactly. of free, free, amazing content online, YouTube, free courses. You just pile them up. It will help. There's no way that if you put it, like, let's say a year of just every day, put in an hour of free content if you can't afford a book as a, the last time, the last interview with a one of my students, Josh is saying, if you cannot buy a book, you know something's really wrong, you know, <laughs> that's bad. If you cannot yep. even buy a used book. but anyway, the excuse, it's not there. oh i don't I don't have time. Well, we go to bed later, up earlier is just if you want. and this is for people who are listening, this got we're talking entrepreneurship. So if people want to play that kind of game, Uh, they need to understand that there are times they're going to go to bed pretty late and they might have to wake up early (laughs) and it's not for everyone. That's okay. You know what I mean? That's okay. It's just just, a decision they need to make.
2: It makes me think, you know, (laughs) again, I told you earlier, uh, I alluded to this coach that I didn't have a lot of, I didn't, this coach I had, I only had him for two or three years and it was at the professional level, but he had another saying one, these are the two things I took from him. And this was the other saying and uh, I, I believe it to be true, and I think you will too. He said, the, the the secret to success is 10 two-letter words. All right? The secret to success is 10 two-letter words. You ready?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If it, the, the, the the ten letter words are, if it is to be, it is up to me. Mm-hmm. And th- those 10 two-letter words have stuck brain and it makes me think of this guy often but it's the it's the it's it's there's never truer has a statement been made if it is to be it is up to me a lot of people don't want to do the they, they see gustavo's success they see scott's success they see uh, a person's success and they just you know i've had people say ah oh, well if he can do it i can do it but we're the devil's in the details the devil is in the want to the devil is is, geez, I don't have any money, but I got to learn about marketing and, and getting that book, you know, and reading it, getting it online, getting it on YouTube, going to the bookstore, and putting in the thirty hours of, of intellectual capital that you have, you got to give, Steve. It, it just doesn't happen, and I think a big a big uh, a big problem with young people these days is, is they just think it's going to happen, and it's not. I mean, if it is to be, it is up to me. <laughs> yup.
1: So, what would you say? It's a one high performance habit that you have. Something you've been doing for a long time. You do daily that helps you in all aspects of your life. Could help. Doesn't matter. Jiu-jitsu life, uh, personal, professional life. What's something that you do daily?
2: You know, <laughs> this might not. This might sound. This might not sound a, a real high performance uh, uh, deal. But to be honest, uh, I I try to play chess. Mm-hmm. uh on, on either on an app uh on my phone at least once a day even if you know and i it, i am by no means a great chess player but i have loved chess since i was in high school i actually was on the chess team i mean there was there's was no competition it was just a club you mm-hmm. know we we would get together and, and play chess and just you know the idea i've always been for me it doesn't matter like like, I, like I'm a big guy and and and, and I I've only been successful in a couple of things. but I am endlessly impressed by people who can do things that I cannot do uh, physically, any and anything. Uh, you know, I look at like you know like like a, 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 a ballet dancer. like no one knows how hard that is. They just think before you know movement. But when you take off those shoes and you look at their feet, they look like a jujitsu practitioner or a, or an athlete and they don't have any trainers and, and doc after them, you know, so, you know, I look at jujitsu and, and I see my daughter and I see my son and they do things that, you know, I just physically cannot do with my body. I have, you know, physical limitations from injury and this kind of thing. And it's just, it's, it's so impressive to me. You know, you look at AJ and I go and, and, um, you know, but, 300 pound men for a living gustavo for a living but i go in, and do grip fighting with aj on his d and it's hard as hell and he's a 200 hundred <laughs> pound that i could pick up and toss <laughs> and when you talk about you, you see what i'm saying like so it's in it, it, i'm so impressed by so i would just say you know uh, it would be to learn right so 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 back to the question you know one of the things i do is play chess because it's so humbling. It, it, there's no way that you can do or succeed enough, and jujitsu is, is is that personified. It's so humbling, even to a master like you. I can imagine somebody out there. You're gonna roll with some of your com- some of your friends, and they're gonna get you. They're gonna get you here and there, and it's it, so even someone who I would view as someone who is you know uh, you know on the Mount Rushmore of Novo-Niao Jiu-Jitsu, you're gonna get caught by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and it's and and uh, it's so funny because when I got the bug, you know, my kids did jiu for about a year and a half before I got in it. So then what did I do? Well, there's no one to no one to grapple with a three hundred plus pound guy, even even you know, like there are, but you know, you're just so big and heavy. so i I went and got a bunch of my old teammates. Three guys I brought in, not none of the three could take it. None of them could take the the mental barrage, like, you know, of getting your nut, just, just getting totally dominated. You're used to a dominating sport. It's physical. You're you're smacking. You're throwing all this. And then they get on the mat, and they're like, I got choked out. I got arm barred. I got knee-barred in, the, in, in about 15 minutes. And they know, like football is like, ah, okay, so we didn't get a touchdown. No big deal. Oh, you, you know, our guy got tackled. Yeah, okay, we'll try again. In jiu-jitsu, I know that if Gustavo has my arm, if I don't tap, it's broken. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's broken. So there's there's such a, a a finality and a and 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 within that is 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 that mutual respect. So to me that it, it just blows my mind. It blows so, my mind.
1: So the chess helps you to think more like a uh, in a problem solving situation. More like get you more. How can I say? Uh, just open up your mind more for problem solving yes uh
2: exactly and, and and um you know i think you know it's like a walkthrough like in jiu it opens your mind because you got to solve a, a physical kinetic problem in front of you but as you know i think one of the big big problems with jiu-jitsu sometimes so fun to do when you roll I'm going to revert back into the two or three things that I do well, right? Where who's more gifted or more technical, they've got 15, 20, a gazillion things they could do to be successful in chess. It's not, you're not confront physical parts. So you're more apt to look at the, you know, three or four different ways to solve a problem than the one good way you're good at physically. So your, to your statement, yes. I, see. I think chess gets you tumbling. It gets you tumbling in your head to, oh, I learned, I learned four moves that I would never usually use, but I'm going to try them over here because there's not a physical price to pay. And it's just a mental exercise of, of being open-minded. That's why I agree with you
1: 100%. Now, what would you say is one of the, you said a few lessons that you learned from coaches, but is there any other one that you say that it's one of the best advice you've ever received? In different situations, doesn't it have to be in football? Uh, anything that pops up?
2: Um. Yeah, you know, it's also these things of... I think one of the problems in North America for sure is is that self-importance, right? Um, that idea that, you know, what what's happening to me is more important than what's happening to you and, and I put myself in front of people. That, that, that kind of thing. I think that, that's run, running rampant. And again, a, a very a coach that I respect quite a bit, and this happened in the pros as well. Uh, if you could imagine what you know, the financial pressures that are on uh, a professional sports team to, to win and market and succeed and, and all those things to, to, to be su- a successful franchise. Um, we were going particular part of the season where, you know, it's an 18 game season and we were five and 13 at the end of the season. So we won five games, lost thirteen, and um, I can remember the last uh, the last game of the season. It was a it was for nothing. We had to play the game. We weren't going into the playoffs, and you know, losing focus. You know, there's no chance of us going on and, and competing for a championship. So we're just w- going through the motions. And I remember the coach brought the team to the midfield. We we're in the middle of a practice and he looked at everyone in the eyes and he said, I want everyone to listen to this. And this is, this is true. He said, I want you to, all of you to understand. He said, coaches, players, trainers, uh, you know, we, 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 we've got our, uh, our general manager here. All of you look at each other. And I want you to understand that every person here needs football more than football needs you. Every person that needs football Needs football more than it needs you. Meaning, they're going to play a game on Sunday, regardless if I choose to participate or not. Football will, is not going to wait for me, and it just it speaks to that humbleness of not putting yourself ahead of anything. Understanding that that you are not the issue. I like right? it. Yeah. Everyone else is the issue. That's that's what I that's that's one of the biggest things I've learned. And and you know again we. No one can do it all the time, but if you have that and you can think about that and try to at least consider that, I think it helps out and it it puts things into perspective.
1: So I'd like to ask you you if you had a conversation with Scott when he was leaving the pro football to start the business of course you don't regret anything you you are where you are in your life right now happy and with your kids and your family because of all those decisions that you made right so but if you could have a little conversation with him and say one little advice throughout this especially the entrepreneurial journey the the business journey what is one little maybe advice you could give to him
2: I would have said to a younger Scott, um, you should have listen, you should listen to your parents more and you should recognize that listening to them, I should recognize that earlier. Because I'll tell you, that, I don't know how you feel about it, but, <laughs> you know, growing up, I did, I did a lot of things like, you know, I had a good relationship with my parents. We were a good blue collar family, had a great childhood, nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times, you know, I, you know, your parents let you spread your wings and and let you fail because it's part of life. But, and a lot of times my dad or my mom tried to give me some, some advice or some knowledge, wasn't ready to receive and not be, and and for no other reason it was that they were my parents. If I would have got this advice from Gustavo, it would have been gold. If I would have got this advice from any else, it would have been gold, but because it was my parents. And so, and and there's nothing bad or major that's happened, but I I can see as a 41 year old adult male man, like man, I just wish my dad was right. Like how like, and, and and you just wonder like if I would have nothing bad has ever happened in that regard. If you would have taken that information or that knowledge earlier, where would you be now? You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so if I could relate that, because not everyone's got a situation like this, but it it it's it's not waiting, right? It, it, it's, 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 it's about, don't be stubborn. Don't be, don't dig your heels in just cause don't cut your nose off to spite your face. And these are simple things, but it's shocking how many, like I've been, how many business deals have you have? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I've been in a lot of business deals. I've gone sideways, but the ones that do it's because, is it because it just wasn't a good deal or people couldn't, couldn't be successful together no it was because someone on either side dug their heels in on a on a most most time more often than not some kind of fact that means nothing but it but it means you know it's a silly thing that they that they are stuck on so I would say you know being stubborn the whole thing about you know holding grudges that kind of stuff I I would say I, I I would avoid that
1: well, basically, everything you just said, just resuming three letters eagle. <laughs> it's just <Bingo>! ego. <laughs> you know I mean?
2: the master, he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank it,
1: you. yeah, because it is something that I've been working on myself, uh, learning more about the ego. and we all do, no one has free pass. We all have to deal with our egos. Of course, we, our battle is to try to smash it as much as we can, but we all do. And people have different levels. Some are like completely out of control. Maybe in some moments of our lives, maybe in some moment of your life, you felt like it was out of control. Okay, I'm playing football, man, in the NFL and all that. And then something happened and it crushed a little bit and lower a little bit. Like, oh, wow, okay. And as we got older, the goal is to keep lower and lower in the level but you need to get some education for that too. You need to read. You need to be open yep. to more experienced people. Like you said, you know, the parents, sometimes you think we, well, I, I think I have to say that all, maybe not all the listeners maybe agree, but yeah, if you look back in some of the advice and when younger that you heard your mom and said saying like, oh yeah, or maybe now that you're a parent, oh yeah, that makes sense now. And oh, I tell stuff done. to my son that, you know, he's just, he's like, yeah, sure. And, and he's 18 and he doesn't, he's, doesn't listen to a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm like, I know. now you don't know. But anyways, like I'm 45 and I don't know, you know, so you definitely don't know, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. I,
2: I hope that it comes back to you because I know like it actually is a point of pride. My dad, I've told him this, you know, I, cause I've, I've, I've been able to say, you know, Geez, I would have wished, you know, I would have. I wish I would have listened to this. Or, boy, you couldn't have been more right about that. He has such a sense of pride. That uh huh, I told you the right way, right? (laughs) So I hope that comes back, and and I'm pretty sure, you know, judging from what I know of you, I'm sure it'll come back. It it just takes, you said, it takes time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's part of the emotional maturity process. I have a video actually talking about this. That is, because this is one thing you say. Anytime you ask, are you mature? I'm like, when you're fifteen, I'm mature. When you're 20, I'm mature. When you're twenty-five, I'm mature. You always think they're mature. I pay my bills, I have my responsibilities. Now, a different ball game is are you emotionally mature? Now we have a different conversation, right. completely conversation. And that it, it takes time. It takes a lot of this process of crushing the ego and recognizing, you know, when it's time to to step back and and just reflect on some things. And it it takes time, however you have to educate yourself, you have to read, you have to open your mind to new ideas, go possibly seminars or whatever. I've I've been doing this for basically the past decade, investing in myself, in my education, from uh, starting with books, audiobooks, retreats, therapies, and all kinds of stuff, just to keep learning more about myself. And it paid off. And I think for all the listeners, don't underestimate that. You know, maybe this is an advice that like, yeah, 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 read a book. But if you don't have the habit of it, just reading a book or reading a few pages a day, man, the compound effect, you know, it matters. You know, it little, doing that little, little bit every day, it will matter. And talking about that, what is a book that you say that, would you, that you recommend and why that made an impact on you? Maybe different moments of your life. You know, because sometimes it could be something if, uh, you read in uh, one year and then five years later you read it, it was like, oh, wow, that didn't make any sense a while back. So right. what's something that maybe made a made an impact on you?
2: Uh, about, well, actually, there's a book I read about two years ago uh, called uh, Im Ownership uh, by Jocko Willink. And, you know, it's it's not a hard read not a complicated read it's very it's very linear decision making and and follows logic but shown in some of the most extreme cases that humans have to function in that being war and jocko and his, his partner leif babham they go over a lot of these uh, scenarios of, of leadership and decision making um during, and they use real live combat scenarios, not that other people were in, that they were in, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful to me. And and uh, I, I would give it high, high marks.
1: Yeah, it's a great one of the great concepts of this book uh, that uh, that I like to, and I started implement in my business is he calls the centralizing command, especially for all the Big control old. freaks out there. You know, they want to put your finger in everything, which was me. For the longest time, I got to touch everything. I got to put my finger here. I got to put my finger there. Yep. And the centralizing command and giving, having other leaders as well. We Have the leader to have other leaders that lead other people. So that's something that I've been studying for the past few years is leadership. So it's a great route to go with Jocko's uh, book. And this idea really stuck with me. And I've been doing, because uh, my academy, we have counted everyone that, that makes the show happen, we have 17 people, including front desk and coach and manager and just, uh, just everything we have. So that's a big team. And currently in 2019 uh, with 400 students. And I'm not saying this to brag to anyone, you know, it's, not, um, it's just to convey to you that <laughs> when you invest in your education and go after knowledge, I wouldn't have the number that I have right now years ago if I didn't go after, look for information, I, I guarantee I would not be there. It's not just because uh, I boost some posts on Facebook that this happened. You know, I've been investing in my education, and you right. definitely should invest in yours. And investing in a in a book that cost me maybe that was like what twenty bucks, whatever that that is twenty bucks. Yep. Learning that it really, uh, Tim Ferriss was the first one that really kind of opened my eyes to delegation. You know, years ago, that was my first spark to delegation. The idea, of course, I've heard, but understanding he brought a different concept. Like you said, he brings a lot of out-of-the-box concepts. And and that's why uh, uh, I kind of opened my mind for that. And I think Jock would really help with this decentralizing command that I started like, okay, how I'm really utilizing each one's strength and stuff. It, it really helps. So it comes back to... Educating yourself again. So great book to um to check out. So what are you currently excited about? What's going on? What's going on with your your company? Big go oh, now. You just said that you just uh be getting retired, maybe looking to some new things. Uh so yep. what do you say?
2: Yeah. Well one of the one of the things, that, yeah, like I said, uh very fortunate to have the, uh, to agree to this buyout for my, my company. So, so I'll be leaving the company here. Um, my wife, uh, as she, she has been nothing but, uh, the best support, uh, system I've ever had, um, with our three kids and, and supporting us and me supporting the family doing what I do, but there's, there's no one better, uh, and more, uh, supporting than, than, than what my wife has done. And, And so, um, we're gonna, we're, in the process of buying a, a franchise um, opportunity for us in, in our own city. And it's, uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a chance for her to get back into the workforce. She's been a stay at home mom for, uh, for geez, 11 years. And and so now she gets to step out and, and, and run a business and I'll, I'll help and support and help teach and, and, uh, and do that kind of stuff. Uh, but for me personally, you know, one of the things I took away from pro sports was community. Um, I didn't realize as a young man just how important it was. Uh, I did, you know, like like volunteering. I you always knew you should do stuff and you should help out when you can. But when you're kind of a uh a, a, a minor like a sports celebrity, uh, and which I certainly am in this town, uh, or was uh, when I played for sure, um, you you realize how much community outreach that our club did because we're like I said we're the most popular team in 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 our the CFL in Regina the Saskatchewan Rough Riders but it wasn't always that way it wasn't uh you used to have to have telethons so the team would have enough money to field the team and this is when I was in high school and this is when I was in grade school I saw this so there's tough times and so You know, one of the things that I got involved with, with the Rough Riders when I played was in the off seasons, I ran a community outreach where we would go to schools and we would, we would visit, um, 120 schools in the whole province. We would send six or seven guys. I would organize it and speak at about 30 schools. And then I would organize, uh, about six other guys to go do the rest. And we would go all over the province, all over high and low hundreds and hundreds of miles. Uh, to these schools and we would talk about bullying. We would talk about lifestyles and choices. Um, we would talk about education and, and these kinds of things. So now that I'm in a position where I don't have to, I, I, I don't necessarily have to work a nine to five anymore. Um, I'm going to take some of that and 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 do, uh, I, I want to do some board work. I want to, I want to get on uh, AJ and I have been talking. About, um, the red cross is a international um, organization that has been great. Uh, in Canada, the Red Cross has a "Imagine No Bullying" campaign. AJ and I have been talking for a long time, and and now I think it's going to happen in the next year or so. Uh, we've been talking about trying to tie in some kind of bullying uh, program uh, with jujitsu, and I know there's some of that out there. there. There's some very good programs in the states that do that, but um, you know, it, it's nothing. You know, we, we just want to help, and 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 for me, having that kind of contact to the community with organizations, I think it's going to be spectacular. Um, some of the other things I want to do is uh, I will be um, developing a program with uh, food banks in uh, in Regina here, uh, looking for uh, inner city schools and programs. I know there's some great ones involved already, but we're just gonna I'm just gonna get involved and see what I can do to help. So I'm getting excited to do some of this stuff. It's it's going to be pretty exciting that you can now kind of be a steward of the uh, of the community a little bit.
1: That's incredible, man. So for all the listeners getting close to the end of the interview, and if someone's listening for the first time after the interview, I always reflect on some of the takeaways, and I research and I teach some personal development. One thing that I I know that I am is a teacher. I mean, I'll be teaching jujitsu. Uh, but as much, but I, I feel that it's, my mom is a teacher, and I—that was my dream. I was younger to teach, teach jujitsu, and I do like to share knowledge. So I go in and I research, and I try to get. And the great thing is that again, I learn teaching others. I'll go in, I research, and what you said, and then I go over look for some some new information. Sometimes I even read a book to make an audio of uh, ten minutes. So it's it's meaningful. Uh, to me and to the podcast because that's the mission that we have with the podcast is to inspire impact and improve the lives of others and hopefully people are able to grab at least one takeaway from your interview and say man what can i can implement in my business in my life so that's what we try to accomplish so if you want to just say thank you anyone, or if you want to just drop anything on your social media or email if people want to contact you know more about it because sometimes people enjoy the interview they want hey man i'd love to ask you a question or something so how they yeah. can contact you
2: well uh, i like twitter um i kind of get a lot of news there and, and some interaction. so uh scott schultz uh six uh is my twitter handle um other than that i'm thankful for all the all i all the people that have helped me get to where i am today and I, I i would just there's too numerous to, to thank and anyone, I guess I'll leave this with saying uh, Gustavo, anyone who thinks they, 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 they're solid. Someone somewhere has helped them do something. And, uh, no one is self-made nobody. Uh, there's always, there's always someone, there's always some kind of help up. And I want, I, I, I would just like to leave on the note of saying like, consider that, you know, embrace that, be that to somebody else.
1: 100%, cor- 100% correct. And for all the listeners, thank you so much, Scott. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Oohs. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Scott Schultz. If you're listening just to the final thoughts, Scott is a former professional football player a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and the owner of Schultz Consulting Group, Inc. He shared the idea of compartmentalization, introduced by one of his football coaches, and he uses this concept in business as well, which means the division of something into sections. And like his coach said, stack the plays up, focus on one play at a time, and you'll be able to create a nice momentum in your favor. Another concept that one of his coaches taught was the concept that you learn best by teaching, I don't know about you, but I agree 100% with that statement. And the main takeaway that I got from him was that in different moments of his life, the decision-making of learning new skills and acquiring new knowledge was the game-changer fact in his life. And I believe it can be in your life, too. That is why it inspired me to title this podcast, Educate Yourself. For many people, this can be a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, Gustavo, I get it. Educate yourself, blah, blah, blah. However, a lot of people underestimate the importance of acquiring new knowledge, regardless if it's a brand new topic or skill, or if it's continued education of expertise or experience that you already possess. One of my favorite personal development speakers, Brian Tracy, has one of my favorite quotes. He says, quote, "When people are interested in something, they do what is convenient. When people are committed to something, they do whatever it takes." Unquote. Now, my question to you is, are you committed to educating yourself more or even more, or are you just interested? Why do I say this? Because often people say, Gustavo, I'm busy, man. I don't have any time. I don't have the money to invest. And as Scott and I mentioned during the interview, educating yourself, it doesn't mean going to college or sign up for an expensive program. However, if the profession that you dream of requires some college education or certification, you will need to figure out a plan. I'm going to share only one concept with you about educating yourself. However, before I share this concept that I have mentioned a few times in previous podcasts, you have to make one decision. What would you like to learn more about it? What is something fun for you that you don't get tired to hear about it, listen or watch it, and you like to get more education on this topic? It could be just for hobby at first, however, you never know what this hobby can lead to in your life. For example, jiu-jitsu was my hobby and became my profession. Then, because of my competition anxiety, I decided to learn more about mental skills training and personal development. I fell in love with the topic since I noticed the improvement in my life and I decided to share with others the message of becoming your best self on and off the mats, which led me to a new passion public speaking. If I want to inspire, impact, and improve lives, I need to educate myself on how to share the message in a clear and concise way. Then I decided to spread this message all over the world and podcast is an effective way to do so. So I look for education and how to start a podcast. I enrolled in a free online course and now you're listening to this message. I wasn't just interested in educating myself. I was committed. Now, what about you? Again, are you interested or committed to educating yourself more or even more in a topic that you are passionate about? If an immigrant with ADD whose English is his second language did in the United States, I believe you can do it as well if you are committed. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. And as a motivational speaker, Les Brown, says, what do you expect? As easy as a nice picnic in a park? With that said, you can educate yourself more or even more in anything you want. If you're committed, as I mentioned, and mainly if you can overcome your mental barriers. Maybe you can say, Gustavo, this audio is not for me. I don't have any mental barriers at all. I'm consistently educating myself. Great. Keep it up. However, don't stop the audio yet. If you know someone that could benefit from this topic, please forward this link to them the main reason a person with mental blocks who believes that cannot educate him or herself is their mindset. If you don't have a growth mindset, and that's the main concept, it will be hard to take your education to another level. The growth mindset topic, it's one of the core messages of the BJ Mental Coach podcast, which I have mentioned in different interviews and final thoughts. If you'd like to go more in depth, On this topic, invest on Carol Dweck's book titled Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. In her decades of research on achievement and success, she wondered why some people avoid challenges and or crumble when faced with difficulties while others thrive and achieve the highest potential. Through the years, she developed a concept that there are two types of mindset, fixed mindset and growth mindset. Essentially, Dr. Dweck states that people with fixed mindset believe that essential qualities like intelligence and talents are fixed traits that these traits are responsible for success. They believe that you're born with or not. On the other hand, there's the growth mindset in which people believe they can develop new abilities through practice. This view creates a love for learning and incremental improvements. If you already possess a growth mindset, I have three quick tips for you. Number one, research a topic that you like and utilize audiobooks and podcasts. As Brian Tracy says, turn your car into a university. Think about how much time you spend in your car or some form of public transportation. If you practice that daily, you'll be shocked with your progress by the end of one consistent year. Audible.com is an amazing resource if you're willing to invest $15 per month. Number two, talk with people smarter than you. If you always hang out in a place that you are the most intelligent person in the room, it's time for you to look for a different room. And number three, do the work and be consistently patient. The education process is endless, so enjoy the ride. My suggestion to you is keep developing your growth mindset. Believe that you can educate yourself in any topic that you want. Of course, if you're committed to the process of educating yourself even more and the results in the long term can be life-changing. Oh,